Good afternoon and welcome to the Marin County Parks and Open Space Commission meeting for March 18th, uh, 2021. And I'd like to start by calling the meeting to order and Dana, would you please do a roll call? Yes. Commissioner Gerardo, Commissioner Harris, Commissioner Kennings. Here. Commissioner O'Brien. Here. Commissioner Rafel. Here. Commissioner Scremen. Here. Commissioner Stomp. Here. Excellent. We have a quorum. All right. The next item on the agenda is the public time uh, open comment. I just would like to remind people that you're limited to three minutes. And this is to be able to comment on any item that's not on our agenda. So. Do we have any members of the public that would wish to comment? Hearing none. There's no hands raised. Okay, right. We'll move on to the director's report, Max. Yeah, thank you, uh, commissioners. Max Corton, uh, director of Marin County Parks. And let me see here. So um, just want to give you an update of a few um, few, th few, few things that have gone on here. So one is uh, our, the continuing role of our team as disaster service workers supporting the um, vaccination uh, pods across the county. You know, we continue to um, have, you know, most of our staff actually in, to some degree or another um, supporting those in various roles. And there's a cool video. Oh, you know, I forgot to, Dana, were you gonna um, yeah, share I it? Yeah, I got it. Oh, awesome, thank you so much. Let me know when. So maybe we could do that now, actually. That would be really cool if you could right. um, share that video. So this is a video that uh, Dana put together Sorry, and posted on, on Instagram of the, the vaccination pod at Kerner and our team supporting that. And it went like... Thanks, Dana. That's great. So yeah, that's just a quick view. And maybe some of you have experienced that in person. Um, I work there every Friday evening at the Kerner uh, pod and it's a blast. It's like the highlight of my week getting to, to work there. It's super positive. Everybody's really excited to be there and, and get vaccinated. And so it's just been a great opportunity for our team to really help with this countywide vaccination effort. And I want to offer my thanks and appreciation to the team who's worked really hard to do that and the rest of the county um, team that's been been helping out. Um, there's a few other things I wanted to mention also. Uh, one is uh, that we've received a couple of grants recently. So there were two uh, Measure AA grants that were awarded um, and we have not brought them to our board yet, but the Measure AA board has voted to approve these grants. One is for $610,000 to support um, the planning of the McInnes Marsh Restoration Project. And another one's a $255,000 grant to support planning at uh, Bothine Marsh, Mill Valley, Sausalito Multi-Use Path Project. And both of those are um, a couple of our larger um, potential sea level rise adaptation projects um, that have been in the planning phase for um, several years, but um, are really sort of uh, important projects to adapt these really um, important and loved uh, areas for sea level rise. And there's actually another grant that we received to help support our uh, Bolinas uh, seal rise adaptation project as well. So all of those are really exciting to see those uh, moving forward in the planning phases. Um, 
And then uh, also wanted to report that we held, uh, we're currently still in the public comment period for a um, uh, bridges, trails, restoration project, proposed project in Cascade Canyon. And um, we had a public meeting on March 4th, um, had I think uh, around 60 people attend on Zoom. I think we've received around 140 comments so far um, and that comment period closes uh, tomorrow. And um, then I just wanted to also note that our staff has been working in conjunction with fire and other emergency operations uh, in has closed uh, or had closed temporary temporarily Miller boat launch um, to support the um, the response for the, the boat that was beached in Tomales Bay and the um, making sure that they were able to clean up the fuel there. Um, and that concludes my report. Thanks. Very good. This is a time if anyone in the public would like to make a comment, please do so. Hearing none, I'll open it up to the commissioners. And I cannot see hands raised, so might want to just jump in or uh, someone else. There's a the commissioner. Okay, I think my hand yeah. is ready, so I'll jump in. Uh, th thank you, Max, for your report on the Cascade Canyon um, uh, plan. Uh, the comments period closes tomorrow. I, I know there were some people who have requested that the plan um, comments period be extended for 30 days. Um, are, are you considering um, extending that comments period? Or is it pretty much a done deal that it will close tomorrow? Um, thanks, Commissioner. Uh, we did receive um, a, a couple of requests to extend the comment period, and I've been discussing those with our team. Um, I, you know, I don't know that we've made a final determination, but I, I think it, it doesn't seem likely that we're going to extend the comment period um, beyond the nineteenth. Thank you. Other commissioners? Okay. Yes, uh, I was uh, I was very supportive of the bridge uh, in that area because I think without it, you actually get you know damage to the creek area, but people tromping through it and bicycles, etc. So I think from both a public safety point of view and from a in a protection of the creek, given the traffic that goes through there, that the bridge would be the best uh, solution. I know there's you know ups and downs with every decision, but I think overall it's the best solution. <clears throat> um, I know people are concerned about it and being an enticement for additional traffic. I'm I'm not sure that's not just a fear. Um, I mean, people that go there that are going to ride bikes and traffic or are going to go there whether there's a bridge or not. And so anyway, overall, I think the bridge is the best solution, although I understand the concerns. Other commissioners? Max, I'd just like to thank you and all the staff that's putting in the time at the vaccination clinics. I think that's great. Um, I went through one myself and, and everyone was just outstanding. How much longer do you see uh, parks and open space staff working at the clinics? That's a great question. So I think the um, there's right now the county operates uh, two large pods, the one at the Civic Center, and the there's the one in the ferry terminal. And uh, additionally, there's the smaller one at Kerner, and then they also have the mobile um, vaccine distribution as well. And of course, there's other sites, you know, pharmacies and others that do vaccinations in the county as well. Um, and uh, currently, the curative, a contractor operates the ferry terminal pod and the county is trying to contract out the operation of the civic center pod as well, so that it would be operated by a contractor. 
And we're hopeful that um, in early April that that contract is in place and it's uh, operated by a contractor. And then that would allow a lot of our team members to um, get back to their usual duties. Uh, the Kerner pod is, you know, really focused on sort of equity and making sure that we're able to serve the community that um, Marin Community Clinics serves and the and the canal area residents right there near that pod. And so it's likely that some smaller contingent of our staff would continue supporting that pod. But um, I think it would be, it should be greatly reduced in early April. Thank you. Any other commissioner comments? Seeing none, we'll move on to item number four, which is approval of our minutes from the meeting held on January 21st. Before we, uh, before we get to this item, I want to, uh, I want to, I'm not sure who took the minutes, but I don't, I recall making the motion for the first and second vice chairs, but not the chair. And also I want to, um, change my vote on, uh, on item four. Um, according to the county council, um, there's nothing specific in our bylaws uh, for changing votes, but what the bylaw says is that um, we generally adhere to Robert's rules of order if there's nothing specific in the bylaws. Robert's rules of order says that um, a vote can be changed uh, by anybody, but only upon consent of all the other people in the meeting. So I'm gonna change my vote on item four, but only if no, none of the other five, five of you object to my changing the vote. So if any of you object to my changing the vote, then I won't be able to. Can you tell us why? Um, well, it's sort of a longer story, but uh, I wasn't support. I, as, as the motion came was final, as I understood the motion at the beginning, um, it was to move up uh, myself to chair uh, and Oscar, then Oscar and then yourself, Mary, up to uh, second chair. And then at the end of the meeting, I sort of just, because that was the way Roger sort of <laughs> uh, said both of our names, if you recall that, that time, and so I assumed, I guess my old ears didn't hear it correctly, that I was like, in, like it would normally happen, I would move up because I was first vice chair, I would move up to be chair. Uh, at the end of the meeting, I came to the realization that that isn't what happened. And so in the interim, um, I want to change my vote. No objection here. I don't object either. No objection. No objection. So with that, if we could correct item four to be either a five to one or six to one, I don't remember who all was there, then then I would move approval of the minutes as amended. So could we discuss that further? If, I mean, how, how has this, in the past, has it, have we followed this protocol of a first chair moves into chair? Um, I'm too new to the commission to have the experience on that. Well, I, um, you know, I mean, some of us have served on, on public agencies and that's typically how it works. Well, speaking from the uh, position of being on this commission for a long time, it really hasn't followed that format. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't recall it either. Yeah. Okay. So it's it really um, it's just up open for nominations and um, then there's the vote. So okay. I'm sorry you're mistaken, Bruce. But are there any other comments? No. All right. How about other other corrections to the minutes? If not, I'd entertain a motion to approve as amended. So move. I'll move. Is there a second? I'll, I'll second. second. Okay. <laughs> Very good. So we will move on from that to item number five. Oh, excuse me. I should ask for, is there any public opinion? Any comments? 
hearing none, the commissioners have already had a chance to talk. And Mr. Chair, if I could just to clarify for the record that there is a motion of Rayful and a second of Stomp, is that correct? I believe so, yes. Okay. Thank you. Have we, we haven't taken a vote yet. Oh, that's right. We'll need a, a roll call. All right. yeah. Commissioner Gardado. Commissioner Harris. A. Commissioner Kennings. Aye. Commissioner O'Brien. Yes. Commissioner Rafel. Yes. Commissioner Scremen. Yes. Commissioner Stomp. Yes. Passes. Now we're going to move on to item number five. And um, Max, do you want to introduce the? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, again, Max Corden, Director of Marin County Parks. And, uh, you know, this is, I think, one of the really important roles of your commission is uh, several years ago when we brought our vegetation and biodiversity management plan um, to be accepted by our board of directors. Um, you know, one of the, the key things that we heard from our board and that we recognized in our um, staff presentation at that time was that vegetation management is, you know, one of the most important activities that, that we engage in. And, you know, we have the way our preserves are laid out, they're in, they're adjacent to every, almost everyone, a lot of people's backyards across Marin County. And, um, and so when you think about fire protection and all of the, um, the important reasons to manage vegetation, um, it's, uh, it, you know, it really rises to the top in terms of what we do. And it deserves, I think, um, a lot of transparency and engagement with the community. And, um, and part of the way that we do that is through your commission is to bring our vegetation work plan each year in uh, January as proposed to, um, you know, uh, make sure that there's an opportunity for your commission and the public to scrutinize that work plan we take comment on it, we engage with the community about it, and then we come back to your commission in March with the proposed work plan as an action item to recommend that we include it in the budget that, that we bring to our board in June, typically. And so this is just a, an important function of, the, um, of your commission to engage with us to help us um, make sure that we're doing our best on this important part of our work. And I just, as another comment to add in, you know, right now, one of the things we're doing is um, working with the fire department to burn piles um, where we've done vegetation management. And on Tuesday, I got a chance to go out to Terra Linda where we were burning, working with the fire department to burn some piles. Um, really right behind, there's um, some homes uh, there that are uh, back up to a really steep, short but steep hill. And um, I got a ch chance to, talk to some of the homeowners there who look right down on where we were burning the piles and where the, the fire crew had done a, a lot of work. And one of the homeowners said he'd work, he'd lived there for 42 years and there'd never been, you know, any vegetation management in the, um, you know, area adjacent right behind his home and was just super thankful uh, for the crews being able to go in there and limb up the trees in a way that helped to keep his, uh, home and the community safe, but also, you know, kept the forest canopy and the health of the, the forest intact. And so um, just uh, was, was really gratifying to be able to see that work in, prog in progress. And just want to offer my huge thanks to our entire team that makes it possible. And uh, Sarah Minnick, our fire ecologist, is here to present the work plan. And a huge thanks to Sarah for her leadership in helping us accomplish this work. Max, um, all right, if I can share my screen with you all. Um, so I'm uh, here today just um, as a reminder um, and a review of the work plan that we um, talked about uh, earlier this year in January and, and that we've talked about in past years as well. Um, so I just want to review some of the important aspects of our vegetation management program. Um, 
some of the, the really important things about it are that we have these guiding documents, uh, both our vegetation and biodiversity management plan and um, the community wildfire protection plan, which is a, a broader document that um, brings lots of partners together um, for the same uh, goals of protecting our communities and preparing for wildfire. So um, just how important it is that we use these guiding documents to develop projects in partnership with our local collaborators. And then um, some of the big areas of focus for our program um, are uh, preventing and addressing weed invasions. Um, and we do that both because of the impact impacts that that can have on um, natural habitat um, in our open space areas, but also there are um, fuel load management issues that can happen with invasive weeds because of how quickly and aggressively they grow. So um, for multiple reasons, we, we focus on invasive species and on fuels management. And as Max said, um, our preserves are adjacent to so many of the communities, all of the communities um, in Marin. And so um, really focusing our fuels management at the wildland urban interface where those preserves meet the communities has been um, a very important aspect of our work plan. And then with that fuel reduction um, management work, because we've seen the importance of preparing for wildfire in, in recent years um, in Napa and Sonoma County, and then it, more recently the, the Woodward Fire um, here in Marin, um, we just know how important it is to incorporate the lessons learned um, from our, our partners and our sister agencies in those areas and uh, incorporate that into our fuels management projects. Um, which is why we are using a variety of different tools um, and we're prioritizing work in areas closest to homes where there's an, or you know, anywhere where there's an increased need for fuels management um, or some sort of strategic importance uh, that, that we work on with local fire departments to identify those areas. And then whether we're doing that fuels management um, or we're doing habitat conservation work, or if we're doing both, ideally we're doing both at the same time. Those are the projects we really love um, to find or where we can, we can do habitat conservation and fuels management in the same place, um, in the same project and make those work together um, for a kind of a larger benefit. And so whether, whether we're doing whatever kind of work we're doing, we are always viewing that project through a conservation lens. And so we are completing biological surveys to better understand these areas and to learn from how they progress through time. Um, we are stewarding weed management into the future years at these project sites because um, that work typically takes many, many years um, of attention after the initial investment. So we're sticking with these projects into the future. And we're working with our partner agencies through our one-tam partnership to learn and develop strategies for healthy forests and landscape scale preservation across all of our boundaries. And so um, I just wanted to keep it really, really short and sweet because I know we've talked about many of these aspects before and how important they are. They, they continue to remain important. Um, and so we are asking for your recommendation um, for this vegetation management program for the, the fiscal year 2022 budget. Um, and that program includes, uh, as I said, a focus on conservation, habitat protection and restoration, um, and also on fuels management and on bringing those together. And then it also includes uh, a commitment to collaboration and engagement. Um, and on that, we are transitioning our report that has been um, a, a paper printed document in the past. We're transitioning that to a web-based interface called Socrata that, that you may be aware of that the county uses to provide public data. Um, and so that will be a place that 
um, anyone, you all or anybody from the public, um, anybody who's interested in our work can get more details, um, learn about project locations um, and that type of more detailed project data. And then it will also allow us to update the Socrata, the, the web interface um, in real time. As we go through the year, we can add information um, as we get it. And that will allow us to engage our community and our partners and our stakeholders throughout the year um, as, as early, as soon as we can and, and as often as we can um, so that we're always inviting um, feedback. And that is what I have for you today. <laughs> Excellent, Sarah, thank you very much. Uh, let me start by opening up if there's any members of the public that wish to comment, please do so now. Hearing none, I'll move back to the commissioners for comment. Pat? Yes, I just, uh... First, I'd like to commend both Sarah and Rashawn for this uh, fantastic program. And of course, Chris and Max for uh, guiding everything. Um, the, the only comment I had was just perhaps some recognition in, uh, in your presentations of Measure AA and its uh, support, uh, financial support uh, for these kind of programs because vegetation management, you know, the fuel management and habitat restoration and protection are all critical that we can't really move these things forward without, or we can't move them forward to the extent that we're doing without Measure AA funding. So just a, a note that uh, we want to uh, recognize the funding source too. Yeah, thank you, Pat. I definitely, um... Well, we will incorporate that into that uh, online web interface as well. It'll be really important. Thank you. Other commissioners? Can I um, recognize myself, Finnis? Yes. Okay, thank you. And what I wanted to um, echo Pat O'Brien's um, commendation to staff for an excellent job. Um, I understand that this is not just an information item, but a, um, an action item that you're asking the commission to approve the plan. And beyond this presentation, um, I don't remember us seeing anything else on um, the work plan. If, if it's just on this presentation, well, it sounds terrific. I think I would have to abstain on the approval just because the, the, the details aren't, aren't sufficient. Max, can you offer a few details about that? <laughs> um, or I, I don't know, I can jump in too. Um, so um, there is the, the, in the past, we've had kind of a detailed list of projects and that is still um, our project list and it's available on our website and I can provide the link to that if anybody would like to review those projects and, um, and see kind of the more detailed information. Um, but in general, I think what we're asking is, is an approval of this program to focus on, on these um, important areas of work and the projects that fall underneath that. And, and as I said, that project list is uh, basically um, the same projects that we've done um, in previous years and that we continue to steward into the future. And so uh, rather than provide um, a, a long list of, of projects that is maybe not as easy to understand where each one is. Um, it's easier to kind of, uh, I guess, understand the, the framework with, within which all of those projects lie. And um, really, I think that, you know, inviting your feedback and the feedback of stakeholders regarding these areas of focus and how we, um, how we use those to prioritize our projects or select new projects is really important. And yeah, I, I think we're in a situation, excuse me, Max, you, you want to comment. I was just gonna say, I mean, I think, you know, one thing we can do in the future and, and we could, you know, if, if your commission feels uncomfortable, we could always bring it back in the next commission meeting if that was better. But um, 
we can provide a link in advance so you can look at that the project list of sort of what our our areas of focus are you know in terms of geography and and the the areas that we're sort of focusing on but this isn't like a plan in in the sense of you know like having a um uh a you know detailed uh um you know, uh, approach like a list of exactly what we're going to do here. It's more of our approach to vegetation management. And then that's, that is connected to um, that proposed project list that sort of details what we're planning in our budget. And the, the reality of vegetation management is that like, there's nothing really, there's not much really new in that the site list. It's, you know, we're basically going back to the same sites year after year. So it's, um, and this isn't, this doesn't include like, we're not envisioning any like um, large new projects, but if we were, of course, that would have its own, you know, CEQA process and approval process. So it's, and in fact, all, even the small projects have to, you know, go through a CEQA process. So it's um, your recommendation to our board uh, doesn't is not a, like an approval of any project. Sure, but I can I, see. I sure appreciate that, Max, and I, yeah. and I can see why we don't want to put any undue burden on staff. But we're coming from a different point of view of a, a public oversight. You know, certain responsibilities there, and even in just a project list would be minimal. I think that for us to do oversight. So my preference would be to move it to the next meeting. And if, if that's not possible, then I, I, I don't think I would feel comfortable feeling that I've fulfilled my public duties. I have no criticisms, no hidden agenda. It's just that I think more due diligence would be appropriate for the commission. Just for clarification, uh, Commissioner Harris, what would you like to see if it's brought back, um, I would I would throw that back to the to the staff. But we've had in the past work work plans presented to us um, that we could could look look at. Usually they have um, locations, budgets, um, timetables, and, and and methods with, with them. Um, but uh, again, it's no criticism of, of staff. It's just a question of due diligence. I think I think we could probably do that for the May meeting if that's if that would be helpful. Thank you. Yeah, um, my my uh, I think we should vote on it today. My impression when I saw this was that this is simply a continuation of the programs that we've done in the past, which Max you just confirmed. I, Sarah does a wonderful job, and um, you know if we wanted to, if there was something that could go on the website. But I think the reality is that this is simply a continuation of stuff we've done in the past. I mean, it's just, it's simply continuing what we've done. The only question I had for Sarah was, um, because the department is now short staffed, um, are you, are you um, expanding your outreach to volunteer groups to help you out? Um. I mean, at this point, we are still, we still have a very limited um, volunteer program, basically for everyone's safety. Um, and at this point, um, we've been able to operate um, contributing to the vaccination effort, but also still um, maintaining the, the management activities that are prioritized in our in our work plan so you um, have you have a list of list of groups I assume that you typically would reach out to and Bruce maybe I could jump in too is you know I think when when we first were looking at how we were going to staff the volunteer the vaccination sites we had a conversation with our managers to say hey we know there's some really critical things we need to do that we can't step away from even a little bit. And one of those is vegetation management. And so basically all of the people on our team who are involved in vegetation management, either they are not staffing the vaccination sites or they're, you know, working with their manager to figure out, 
you know, how can they, what's the amount that they can help support the vaccination sites while still completing all the work that we're setting out to do. And in fact, two of the people who are fully staffing the vaccination sites are our volunteer coordinators. So it's actually sort of the opposite. We're, we're trying to keep all of our regular workforce and contractors going full steam ahead. And our volunteer, you know, one of the things we recognize, it, it's very um, hard to do volunteer programs if you're trying to keep people separated and apart. And right. so- um, But I would assume that since we're moving to another tier shortly and spring is coming and more and more people are getting vaccinated, it might be a good opportunity to reach out to some of these groups and say, hey, you've been in prison for a year. Do you want to come help us and get outside? You're totally right. And I think, you know, come April when hopefully we're able to reduce our 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 support for the vaccination sites, I think we're eager to get to jump yeah, back. Yeah, for sure. Well, I don't have a problem with voting on this today, whatever the other commissioners want. Commissioner Stahl. Uh Yeah, I had just wanted to thank you for your hard work and... Uh, what percentage of your budget uh, is funded by the Measure A funds? You mean what percentage of the vegetation management, like how much of vegetation yeah. management projects? Yeah. yeah. I, like I'd say it's almost a hundred percent. So it's, oh, uh, wow. it's, yeah. So pre uh, Measure A, we didn't do a lot of vegetation management. I, I think our, I've looked at this up before and I feel like our budget for vegetation management each year was maybe like $150,000 or oh, something wow. like that. Okay. And I think like last year it was like close to 2 million or something like that. So oh, that's a huge jump. Well, different. I have two old goats if you need two more goats for your vegetation <laughs> management. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Other commissioners? Dennis? Yes. Dennis, um, we've been complimenting staff as doing a good job and doing good presentations. I can't understand why we would not trust them at this stage and vote to, to send this on to the board. So I would vote to do it today. Okay. Well, if you're looking for a motion, I'll make it. I had a comment. Uh, yeah, just one quick comment. Uh, I, my previous comment about including Measure AA was, I didn't realize it was that dramatic a support. So I want to underline that. Um, and if, the, if we're doing the same projects year after year, which I totally understand that the priority projects, could we just vote to could, could we include as attachment those projects as you bring this forward and then send a, a copy out to all the commissioners so that everybody sees the attachment? I mean, we've all voted on it before. So unless there's some dramatic difference, I would think we could incorporate it in as an attachment to the resolution. Well, good idea. And you know we'll have a budget item at our at your next meeting because that's sort of right before we bring the budget to our board, and typically that gets into a lot greater detail in terms of sort of what are our key sort of the projects that are proposed to be funded in the budget, and so you know I mean I, I could see a number of different ways you could go about this. One, you could accept this report as an informational item, and not vote on it as an action item in our your next meeting as a part of that budget or as an accompaniment for that budget uh, report, you could have an action item to recommend funding for the um, vegetation management work and we could have a more substantial list of, of uh, the proposed sites, um, if that was helpful. I'll second the motion. Bruce, would you actually like to put into the record your official motion? Yeah, I'd like to move. Uh, I'd like to move item number five approval as an action item with Commissioner O'Brien's um, amendment. Okay, there's, and it's been second. 
I'll second it. Yeah. So Dana, could we have a roll call, please? Yep. This is to move Commissioner, forward. Uh, Commissioner Gordado. Commissioner Harris. Abstain. Commissioner Kennings. Aye. Commissioner O'Brien. Aye. Commissioner Rafel. Aye. Commissioner Scremen. Aye. Commissioner Stomp. Aye. Okay, it will go forward. And then if we can have more detail during our uh, budget hearings in, in two months, I think that'll be really helpful. But Commissioner Harris, thank you for your input. Appreciate the clarification. Okay, um, has there, is there any public comment in regard to this action item? Hearing none, I'm not sure if there's any public out there today. Anyway, uh, any other discussions by the commission? Let's move forward then. Okay, moving on to our next presentation, number six. Uh, we're going to be talking about bird nesting season. Max, who takes us on? Yeah, so this is a really cool, and I think this is really important in conjunction with uh, Sarah's presentation. And, um, you know, uh, one of the things that's really key when we're doing vegetation management is making sure that it's, you know, beneficial and that it's not impacting wildlife. And uh, Serena Hubert is our biologist who um, works on all sort of all of our wildlife initiatives and manages our um, our monitoring nesting bird monitoring work and um, and she's really awesome. So I'm I'm really excited for her to get to present this to your commission. And I'll turn it over to Serena. Max. And thanks commissioners for the opportunity to talk a little about our bird nesting survey protocol. Uh, let's see if I can share screen. What kind of bird is that? <laughs> That's the very rare coyote bird. Um, okay. Can everyone see that? Yes. Great. Um, all right, so the outline um, for today, we're gonna to talk about the purpose of the surveys, dive a little bit into local state and federal laws, um, our vegetation management, and then just a little bit into the survey protocols and how we actually conduct surveys. Um, so the purpose of them, first and foremost, you know, we wanna protect our natural resources. Um, part of our mission statement is preservation, and we want to make sure that we're not impacting birds or their nests. And we do these surveys prior to vegetation maintenance activities that are associated with fuel reduction, um, so like the annual defensible space mowing we have, um, recreation activities, so trail maintenance, uh, as well as prior to any sort of project implementation, um, like we had the, the Ponte Trail being built last year or you know the Stafford Lake Bike Park in the past. Um, and then the other purpose of this is to comply with environmental laws. We are required by both federal and state laws um, not to harm nests. And so the best way to do that is to conduct these nesting bird surveys and provide buffers around the nests. Um, birds can be negatively impacted by noise and visual disturbance. So these buffers mitigate that and prevent a nest from failing or being harmed. And so probably um, like we have a lot of laws uh, surrounding protecting birds in their nests. And the most significant one that we have is the Migratory Bird Treaty Act of 1918. And that's a treaty between the United States, uh, Canada, Mexico, Japan, and Russia. Um, and this next part is kind of a mouthful, but it's a federal prohibition to pursue, hunt, take, capture, kill, attempt to take, capture, or kill. Um, for the protection of migratory birds or any part of them, um, including nest or egg of these birds. So in summary, the essence of the Migratory Bird Treaty Act uh, is not to harm any migratory birds or their nests. In addition to all of these laws, we also have a couple guiding documents um, Sarah talked a little about earlier, the Road and Trail Management Plan, as well as the Vegetation and Biodiversity Management Plan. Um, and these kind of outline some of our best management practices for protecting birds and their nests. And a couple examples of these BMPs are to schedule vegetation removal outside of the nesting season. Um, these dates tend to vary by region, but here in Northern California, most species nest between January 1st and August 31st. 
Um, there are some variations depending on species, like with the, the northern spotted owl, they nest uh, February 1st through July 31st. But of course, um, these dates are subject to change based on what biologists are seeing in the field, what the weather conditions were for that season. You know, birds don't know about calendars, so they don't really have that hard date limit. Um, and then another example of best management practices we have are trying to avoid cutting grasses over eight inches. Um, and obviously, you know, that can always happen, which is why we do these surveys. So our survey protocol, the, the first step to doing this is creating a map um, where the vegetation work will happen. And that includes any staging areas, turnaround areas, really anywhere um, that uh, impacts could be made to vegetation. And then from there, the biologist will identify uh, the potential habitat and go out and survey for nesting birds. So on this map, this is an example of one of our defensible space mo maps um, at Mount Pradell. And these orange polygons are the area that actually gets mowed. And so that kind of guides where we'll survey. And we're looking a little bit outside of this too, because we want to give that buffer to any birds that might be cl close by, but also not exactly within the polygon. Um, and this is great because, you know, we're able to really balance public safety and getting the work done while still protecting the resources. So timing for these surveys, um, typically we only survey from sunrise to 11 a.m. Uh, we don't conduct surveys in the rain. Um, you know, you don't really want to be out there when it's cold and wet, and neither do the birds. Um, other environmental factors like wind, heat, fog, those can all impact activity levels. Um, and I will talk a little bit later about what activities we are looking for. And then once the survey is completed and the area is clear, um, work must be completed within seven days from that initial clearing. And so when we're actually out in the field detecting birds, there's kind of two methods that we use and that depends on the habitat type. We have active flushing, um, which occurs more in open grassland type areas where you use about a meter stick um, to sweep vegetation at least six inches off the ground. We're not trying to golf for birds or, or their nests. So it's, it's important to give that little buffer space. Um, and then as we get into more shrubbed and forested areas, we kind of switch over to active observation. And you're walking through the project footprint, just really taking your time, going slowly and trying to detect birds by sight or sound. Um, and then here is a great photo um, or a drawing from former staff. And on the left, uh, you just kind of see the gradient from open grassland where you would use active flushing over to the right. And that's more active observation as it gets more dense and forested. And so conducting a survey, the first thing before you know, we go out there, you want to prepare all your field gear. And for us, that looks like binoculars, any reference materials for IDing birds in the field, our data sheets, um, pink flagging to mark out the buffers, um, a range finder to get distance, uh, a GPS unit also works, as well as a kestrel or some way to measure the wind for that day. And then once we're on site, again, you know, we go in the morning when it's nice, we choose the, the survey method based on the habitat type and making sure that there's enough time to survey the entire project area so that we're not having to break it up into multiple days. And so once we found a nest, um, the first thing we try to do is to determine a species. And from there, we kind of work out what stage of nesting it's in. Um, so you can kind of see on the bottom there, they could be building a nest, they could be mating, incubating, sitting on eggs, or there could be nestlings in the, in the nest. And then we fill out the data sheet with a few things, um, try to get it down to species. Um, and these are the buffers, they, they vary by species. And we worked with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife to figure out appropriate buffers. Um, and then we'll note down what behavior we're seeing that makes us think there, there is a nest nearby. And that could be something like carrying material to build a nest, um, giving alarm calls, bringing food to the nest. Um, and then we'll also note down the location of it so that we can go back and monitor it later. Preferably our biologists will go out and conduct surveys um, for the work on parks and open space lands but we're not always available to do that. And so all staff members um, can conduct surveys if we train them up and get them certified. We have an annual training for the department. And this is open to folks who are interested in conducting these surveys. 
if they're going to be requesting them or are interested in the process, they're welcome to join. And again, once once certified, um, if they start surveying an area and feeling uncomfortable, you know, it can be really overwhelming out there just being bombarded by lots of bird calls. We are more than happy to come out and, and help folks until they feel comfortable. And let me see if I can find the laser pointer. Here's just the, the workflow for our, our season. Um, at the beginning of here, we have our preseason meeting between the biomonitors and our operations crew. We create the schedule for what that year is gonna look like. Um, our biomonitors go out and survey. And from there, it's either they didn't find a nest, which is easy. They communicate that the site has been cleared to operations and the work proceeds as usual. Um, if there is a nest found, then our biologists will create that buffer around the nest. Um, they monitor it until it fledges. And then from there, again, they'll communicate that to our team and work can proceed. Um, there is a kind of third option here where there, there's emergency work, um, but there's a nest nearby. And in cases like that, where you have a hazard tree or something leaning over a trail, uh, we have a biomonitor on site to monitor the nest and look for signs of stress in, in the bird, but for emergency work, you know, that has to get done. And so we also acknowledge that Marin County is home to some rare species and we want to do our best to ensure their success. Uh, for example, we are home to the Northern Spotted Owl which is a federally endangered species. And we've been monitoring their nesting activity for over 20 years. Um, another federally endangered species we have is the Ridgeways Rail. We have or some examples of a couple um, California fully protected species. So within the state, they are rare or face possible extinction. Uh, that's the brown pelican and the white-tailed kite and a couple California species of special concern which is really just an administrative designation and doesn't carry formal legal status, but these species should still be considered during environmental review. Um, that's the burrowing owl and the white-tailed kite. And that wraps it up, thank you. Thank you, Serena. Uh, before we go to the commission, let me just open it up if there's any public comment. Hearing none, let's bring it back to the commissioners. I just wanted to say that I had asked Dana uh, before the meeting started if we could get copies of these presentations sent to us, and she assured me they would be. Okay. Any other commissioners? Commissioner Stomp? I just had a question, a bird question. My bird knowledge isn't that great. So once a bird, uh, once the, the young birds fledge, does the, do the parents ever come back to the nest? Or is it, is it, would it be a cycle, a whole mating cycle before they would come back? Um, so it, it depends on the species. Uh, for a lot of songbirds, that nest is kind of one and done, but raptors will reuse their nests over the year, but they probably wouldn't come back for a, another season. Um, some species like barn owls will have multiple cl clutches in a year. So it's super species dependent. Okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. Other commissioners? Three. I just had a question. Thank you very much. This is one of those feel-good presentations. Thank you. Are you seeing any new species of any of the, the rare birds that you discussed coming in? Is there anything that's relatively new to Marin? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. Like these species we've known about for a while and have been monitoring when we find them. We're able to maintain the, the current numbers. Numbers are looking pretty good overall. You know, it definitely fluctuates from year to year. And then do you uh, coordinate any of your surveys with other groups that are interested in the bird count? Uh, you mean like the Audubon bird count? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, yes. So I know we are working a little bit, um, I think Marin Audubon is updating their bird breeding atlas. And so for sites that we have that overlap with the areas that we're looking at. We're going to be sharing that data. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Not hearing any more questions. We will move on. Thanks for the presentation. We are now down to item number seven, which is the commissioner reports. 
on anything, any work that they're doing, other agencies with other commissioners since the last meeting? Any commissioners? Yes, Commissioner Kennings. Last Friday, I believe Callie retired. Yes. And uh, I was wondering if Max would tell us about the grand party they had to, as she went out the door. Good question. Max, you're on. Thank you. Thank you, Larry, for reminding me. That was um, on my notes, and I forgot to mention it for my director's report, but it is worth um, giving a big thanks to Callie for her many, many years of service to the county and to this commission over time. She's been supporting this commission for many years and, um, you know, has done a really important work to make, you know, working with our, all of our board documents and um, a lot of the processes that really make the work we do possible that's often not seen. And um, so really a huge appreciation to her. And unfortunately, you know, this is like crazy time where we really don't have an opportunity to have a big party for people, but, um, but if we could, we would. Um, I don't know, Chris, is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, I, think you, I think you covered it. Um, you know, she obviously was part of several different executive administrations in the department. She's been a big part of the evolution uh, she was here pre-Measure A and saw what, what life was like and the challenges that we faced as an organization. Uh, and obviously, the, and seen the other side of it as we've, you know, with the fruits of, of Measure A so, and, and her, her support of all of the different commissions, including the IPM Commission, the local county service areas, uh, and this Parks and Open Space Commission and the, the various iterations that it has gone through over her tenure. Uh, she was a key part of helping helping us stay organized. Uh, she was the, the backbone of our file structure of the open space district, um, you know, uh, office of record. And she was very detailed oriented and focused on organization, strong skills. And she's certainly gonna be missed. Um, and, and with that, I'll just add that uh, Carla Cordy Scott uh, is uh, also an uh, administrative assistant too with, with the department. She will be taking over the support roles for the, for the commission going forward, uh, and she's joined us today um, as her first first. She's actually subbed in for Callie at previous meetings, but formally she's taking over as of this meeting. So, I'd like to welcome her as well. well. I know that Callie really loved you guys. You were her her family, and uh, she certainly proved her worth. I hope you. Gave her a bouquet of something and <laughs> on her way out. Unfortunately, with all of us spread out like this, it's what we couldn't individually thank her for all the work she's done, all the good work. You think Carla's going to stick around after what she saw today? <laughs> I'm going to have to think about it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just wanted to add, I had couple of conversations with Callie before she left. And actually I invited her to be on this Zoom meeting today. And she said, no, I think I'm gonna be on my front porch reading a book. I'm looking for to be able to take my dog for walks when there's not a lot of other people around. So, but anyway, if she does review this and she wants to know, we really appreciate all the work that she did. I mean, she was just outstanding in terms of being really helpful. But I also wanted to welcome to Carla. And Carla, do you wanna come on camera and tell a little bit about yourself? I guess not. At a door slamming? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know how to turn the camera on in this one. But uh, I've been with uh, Marin County for five years now. And um, I've been through three directors so far, I think, <laughs> along with uh, Pat O'Brien, and uh, had a great time serving him and Max. And um, Looking forward to what you guys are going to do and hope I can be a help to you. I am not Callie, so don't expect Callie. Uh, I am Carla, which is a whole different ball game, but I'm here to help you in any way that I can. Well, welcome. welcome. Thank you. Yes, I, I would just like to echo the, uh, what everyone said. Uh, certainly, uh, I had uh, 
a small tenure here as an interim uh, GM and director. And uh, working with Carla was was a delight. Uh, she's very smart, knows the knows the system very well, but she has a great persona, and uh, I totally enjoyed working with her. And I'm sure uh, everyone here has worked with her in the past, but I think on a continuation basis, uh, uh, it'll be uh, this commission be very well served with Carla. And of course, uh, we'll miss uh, Kali. Uh, she she was uh, uh, just a, a great person uh, to work with. So um, uh, the commission's blessed with having terrific support staff. Great, thank you. Kali did ask me to remind everyone to get their last form seven hundreds in. <laughs> Just the last the last part of her uh, going out, finishing up. Okay, any other uh, commissioner reports about the, the last two months? Seeing none, I will, uh, I think the announcement day for our next commission meeting will be on May 20th. If people can put that into your schedule or if Max will let us know if that changes. And Seeing other, no other comments, um, I will adjourn the meeting. Thank you all for participating. Really appreciate stay, it. Stay safe, you folks, but wear your mask. Thank so, you. Bye. Bye-bye.